Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Pulp Hockey Show with Ray Ferraro and Steve Mathis. Support the show by clicking the Amazon banner on PulpHockey.com before shopping. Follow the show on Twitter at Pulp Hockey. Subscribe on iTunes and find us on Stitcher or your favorite podcast app. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Pulp Hockey Podcast. Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. We are going to talk NHL. Of course, lots of, to going on right now. We're at the halfway mark in the, for many teams and uh, love to uh, talk about what's going to go on, what's happening, and what's been happening in the game. And with me to do that, uh, by the way, I'm Steve Mathis. With me to do that from TSN, former NHLer, Ray Ferrara. What's up, Ray? How are you? I'm good. I'm in uh, I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey, the birthplace of Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. Um, got the Devils and Leafs on Thursday. Uh, it's Wednesday night as we tape this, but um, I love this town. Hoboken is awesome. It's a cool little couple square mile place and um, really good restaurants and uh, a lot of people live here and you know, it's just a ferry across or the subway across to the city. Um, I just, yeah, of, of the underrated road spots mm-hmm. in the league, this is one of them. That's funny because I was going to ask you before we hit record. I when I, we go to we go to Giant Stadium every year, and I just stay right by Newark Airport. That's it. I don't go anywhere else. Yeah, uh, the thing with Jersey is it's so spread out. There's some amazing areas, but. Like, we used to go when, you know, the team played at the Meadowlands, mm-hmm. and you'd stay at a hotel at the Le- the Meadowlands. Oh, there like, was a hotel right there. There was a couple, and they sucked, because yep. the Meadowlands are like, like, you, it's one of those places you can see it, you just can't get to, because you've got to <laughs> take, like, six different overlap highways yeah, and all yeah. this crap, and, um, which reminds me of a pretty funny story, though, Um of how things have changed in pro hockey. So I was with the Islanders, I don't know, whatever year it was, early 90s, and we had an exhibition game, and eight of us, seven, eight of us stayed behind, and we had to play the next night in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Okay, so not a very far drive. No, no, you got that. So the team was playing wherever, and then they were flying back, to Jersey, and we were meeting them the next day at game, kind of at game time, 5 o'clock for a 7.30 game. You know how we got there? No. They rented, they rented a van, and Mick Vakoda drove the van. <laughs> nice. There were nice. seven or eight of us in there, and, we kept, and Pierre Turgeon was with us. And, we're, and I remember we were saying to him, hey, Mick, you better get Turge safe there. Right, yeah. No matter Never what happens, right. Turge has to get there safe. Right. We are in but, big shit if this guy doesn't get there. But just think of that. Like, a pro hockey team had one of the guys yeah. drive to yeah. the rink. Yeah, and, and the fact that they let you do it in the first place, the fact they didn't really care, they just said, ah, figure it out, here's a van, right? Like, here's a van, we'll rent you a van, because there's seven of you, yeah. and then, <laughs> Mick, you can drive it, and... 
Right. How we got there. I mean, just like, yeah. it would never happen today. No, no, absolutely not. Worst case scenario, a front office guy, PR guy, drives out to pick you all up, right? And drives you back. Like, Well, yeah. they would just send a... They would send a bus company. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying worst case. Like, if everything fell apart, like someone's from the team is dry, they're not going to rely on the player to drive himself. Well, that that just seems like a terrible <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, all right. So, yeah, Leafs, uh, Devils tomorrow night. If uh, people are listening to this and it's Thursday, Thursday night, I want to touch on the Leafs. I want to touch on Nylander coming up. Um, Dog days of the season, Ray. Uh, certainly you've played many of them. Uh, January 9th as we record this starting to get into him a little bit if you're a player? Oh, this is a tough time. You know, you're <laughs> through the holidays. Yeah. You're, I, I would say from now to kind of the end of February, mm-hmm. it just seems like the season's never going to end. You know, like you're, it just seems like the road trips are a little longer, the days are dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it, I don't know, it just feels kind of heavy. You're in the, you're in the 40s in games played, but what I found is there are teams that can really make headway while other teams are falling asleep. Mm -hmm. While other teams are stuck at this time, if you're good, you can really, really make headway. Look at what Pittsburgh's done. They've got nine wins in their last ten games, and from a team that was outside of the playoffs, now they're two points behind Washington. Mm -hmm. So in this slug part of the season – They've just put, you know, they put a bucket of points up there. It doesn't seem to matter when Tampa plays; they do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, like they're mm-hmm. just having uh, an amazing year. But to to your point, like the dog days are here, and the teams that can navigate it the best are this is their real chance to make up headway. Because once you get to March, you know everything picks up again. Picks up, yeah. Everybody's reengaged and. You know, that's an arbitrary date, March, but it, it's kind of around that time the yeah. sun comes back up and everybody feels a little better about themselves, and there's not much time left. Mm-hmm. So you can win five games. The team you're chasing wins four and, you know, loses a game in overtime. Great, you pick up one game, one point. Yeah. Like the games just, they go too fast. But, you know, right now the Islanders have been really good. They've made up a a pile of ground. Boston's finally got healthy for the most part. They have too. And Pitt would be, you know, would yep. be the other one that you look at those in the Eastern conference where you go, Holy smokes, they've, they've made up some ground. And you know, where you live, Vegas is, you know, whatever happened early in the year. Yeah. Um, that's, that seems like a hundred years ago. They got Nate Schmidt back at the 20 game mark and they got Paul Stastny back now and Pacioretty's mm-hmm. awake, awoken, um, you know they're they're back to in their long history where we're used to seeing them, which is near the top of their division. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Uh, before we get into that, as a player, off ice stuff, are you backing it down? Are your legs getting tired? Are you noticing? I mean, obviously things change from when you broke into the league when you're 21 years old to when you get out of it at 35. But you know what I mean? Like, what's it like off ice? Are you are you tapering things down a little bit and just skipping practices if you can? Um, no, not really, because the teams do a much better job of monitoring all of that stuff. You still want to get your workouts in, so you have to think of it like this. If you start the season as strong as you're going to be, you know, because you've had a whole summer of training, mm-hmm. and you don't do anything during the season, that means it's like, you know, a, a P 
pinhole in a balloon. You're, it slowly deflates. If you apply it to a player, that means they're slowly getting weaker during the season. Mm-hmm. So you you want to be in the gym still, um, but you need to be on the ice because you want to practice. You want to ha- have your hands. You want to mm-hmm. handle the puck. Yep. Uh, but you're not going to practice. The practices will be shorter. There'll be you know there'll be more days off for sure. But you're not escape. You know it's not like you're trying to escape the practice. You know you need it, even when mm-hmm. some days it's just uh, to skate out the doldrums. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, let's um, let's touch on Vegas since you since you talked about that eight zero and two, seven wins in a row, like you talked about uh, chasing Calgary right now. Uh, there and Calgary's on fire too. We'll get on that in a second. But something because. I live here, and we go to a lot of games. Uh, William Carlson last year, of course, we saw him. He was absolutely on fire. 43 goals last year. Came out of nowhere. I think his previous career high was nine, seven, something like that. Um, nine. And uh, so he's on pace for 27 after 43. He uh, gambled on himself in contract last year. So he's on a one-year deal again. Uh, him and George McPhee got to sit down again and hammer out a contract now, if you look at 43 goals to 27, uh, his gamble may on himself, maybe it's on what he's on pace for, his gamble maybe didn't work out, but uh, um, he's still playing pretty well. And like you said, the team's on fire. So what should he have done, Ray? Is he still going to be all right? Well, he's going to be fine. But the thing is, what I, I don't know that there was a deal to be made last year. Mm-hmm. Because if Carlson was going to sign a deal, it was going to be a long deal at huge money. But if you're Vegas, how can you commit to that deal? The year before, he scored six goals. So is he a six-goal guy or a 43-goal guy? So you could add them together and say, yeah, you've averaged 25 goals in the last two seasons. And this is what a 25-goal scorer gets. So Mm -hmm. I don't know that there was really a deal to be had. Um, The one-year thing speaks to Carlson believing he can do it again. Um, he got off to a really slow start. And it, I would say I would have been a little more concerned, or I was more concerned for him at the beginning of the year than yep. I am now. Um, it kind of looks like he's hit a stride, like, you know, not just his line, but the team has started to play better, which mm-hmm. with Stastny and Pacioretty going will mean that Carlson won't get all of the defensive attention his line, mm-hmm. so that'll open up some room for him. But if I, I mean, the people that I talked to um, that I ran across last year, the general consensus was he was about a 25-goal guy, okay. 25 to 30-goal guy, which is you know the pace that he's at now. Yep. And so if he signs a six or seven, or I guess they can go to eight-year deal on him, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're looking at $50 million probably. And so I would say that's uh, that's a bet that's paying off. Yeah, you're fine with that. <laughs> you're fine with that, right? If you're if you're a player, right? Um, so there is no loss in that. You know what I mean? What I'm saying? Like there's no. Yeah. It's only a loss if he would have walked away from a huge money deal. But right. I don't think the numbers were were yeah. going to approach what what he would have been comfortable taking uh, in a longer term deal. I would have loved to hear what the proposals were. You know, from each side, I would have loved to have seen that. I did. I never, I never heard it, never rumored or anything. You know, but you're, you're well, totally I'm right. They were miles apart. Yeah, yeah, really, right? You know, like so, Carlson's bidding as a 43 goal guy, and the the Golden Knights are are not bidding anywhere near that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, 
Mark Rousseau, Riley Smith, and Carlson are back flying up and down the ice. Man, they're a fast line. Boy. They are. Um, you know, now Riley Smith, here, there's a good example. Like, Riley Smith is not a fast skater. He's an easy skater. Mm-hmm. But there's a difference about being a fast player or guys that play fast together. Neither, none of those guys really carries the puck all over the place. They'll move it fast. They support each other. So now the puck's moving quick. They look quicker. They play mm-hmm. faster. Teams have to back up. And, um, you know, I mean, there's lots of guys that are faster than Ryan sure. Smith. Yeah. Um, but just because you skate fast doesn't necessarily mean that you're effective or that you play fast. Yeah, absolutely. So the team they're chasing, Calgary Flames, man, they score in bunches. Johnny Gaudreau is on fire. Just they look great. And it's been maybe, what, Ray, two months now of this? Something like oh, that? Man, they're, they're scoring like crazy. They score, <laughs> you know, they score buckets of goals. And they got four players with over 50 points already. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monaghan, Elias Lindholm, and um, Matthew Kachuk. So they've already got, you know, totals that mm-hmm. some teams don't get in a full year, and they got them at the halfway mark. So you look at that. You add Mark Giordano, who's had a an amazing season. Um, if they get a little more depth scoring, which they'd like to get, I mean, that's what they signed James Neal for. And I don't know. Has he got two goals? He's got one since November the first. Yeah. Um, it's it's been it's not worked very well so far for him. Um, does David Riddick stand up in goal? Because it seems like, you know, he's taken the net more full time from Mike Smith, who has really had he's got some terrible numbers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've been good, and they're good. It seems like a lot of nights. It's not like they got one good streak that put them over the top. They've they've been good for a long time. Yeah, they're uh, and they're exciting to watch, man. They're, they're great. They're one of those teams where I'm flipping through the channels, and I'm like, oh, Calgary. I'm watching these guys. <laughs> and, you know, don't forget, last year they were probably one of the biggest disappointments in the league to not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so while they made, you know, the big trade with Carolina, they got Noah Hannafin and Lindholm. Um, you know, they brought in Derek Ryan, who's a third-line third guy for them. But there was a return to form of T.J. Brody. Um, you know, Giordano's had, a, as I said, an amazing season, um, but they're they're scoring at a rate that I don't think anybody really thought. So, if you felt like I did that they would rebound off some disappointing years last year, mm-hmm. um, plus you add to this, you know, this explosion offensively, you've you've got a good team. Now we'll see if their goalie holds up because that will be critical for him. And he's never Riddick's never. You know, it's his second year. He's never been the guy. Last year when Smith got hurt and he became the guy, it didn't work. Yeah. Did he, did he gain enough experience? Mm-hmm. Did, has he grown enough? I, I guess we're going to find out. Uh, James Neal, uh, four goals, four assists in 43 games. Minus 12. Five million. Yeah, boy. And he's got one goal since November the 1st. Yeah, tough tough deal. That's about the only negative when it comes to uh, the Calgary Flames. And... Uh, yeah, so do you have – look, it, I know you, you you hate doing this kind of stuff, but do you have a favorite to emerge from from there, Calgary and Vegas? San Jose even? Uh, well, I, I'll pick San Jose. Yeah? Okay. Um, you know, I probably should pick Vegas. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll take San Jose because I'm looking at them today. And um, as good as Vegas has been, uh, it's almost a coin toss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I, would, I would pick Calgary third out of them. Um, I would. I might give an edge to Vegas because of Flurry, and that he's played so well, and Martin Jones hasn't, but has started to play much better. Eric Carlson is just ripping it up right now. Yeah. He's got, I think he's got 14 assists in his last uh, six games. Since he came off suspension, I believe, right? Like, since he came back yeah. from that yeah. two-gamer. Um, two-gamer. And, you know, so I would I would be surprised. If I had to pick, I'd say San Jose and Calgary are going to play again uh, to get out of the division. I'll go Vegas. So I'll, I'll, go, I'll go my hometown team. Um, February 14th, Leafs, Vegas. Are you doing that game? I don't even know. It's a Thursday. When is it? Thursday. It's a Thursday. Um, Jeez, it should be. Wow. When is it? February the 14th? Valentine's Day, which my wife and I are already d- debating how this is going to go. So. What do you mean? Well, well you're going to go to the game. Yeah, but it could be a terrible Valentine's Day for one of us. Yeah, no, I'm not there. I'm in Winnipeg that day. Oh, okay. Um, unless I got... Unless I got the wrong month when I'm looking at it in my calendar. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I just think Vegas, they, they're like you, Pacioretty and uh, Stastny are great additions, and they're both playing well now again after uh, obviously Stastny missed a bunch of time and Pacioretty was not very yeah. good to start. Um, they're, yeah, I just think Vegas is deep right now, and, and Flurry is still good, man. He's back on it, you know? He better be because they don't want to play Malcolm Subban very often. Right. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's not a smart-ass comment. It's just yeah. it's shown that they don't. He won on uh, the weekend against Jersey, but he just doesn't play very much. And uh, you know, at some point, they got to be careful here about how many games Flurry plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Tampa Bay, and as a Leaf fan, I'm very frustrated. The Leafs obviously are going through some little bit of ups and downs right now, but Tampa Bay will not stop winning. 68 points right now. Uh, Kucherov, I saw a stat the other day. Kucherov, uh, I forget what it was, but he was in the same company as Yager and Mario as far as having the number of points uh, at this point in the season, I believe it was. Um, they, they can do no wrong, those guys, right now. Uh, well, now that they got Vasilevsky back in goal, they, yeah. you know, he's a terrific goaltender. And, um, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov had explosive Decembers. They draft really well. If when teams or where fans wonder why their teams aren't as good as some other teams, look at the number of low round draft picks or uh, unrestricted free agents that they've signed, like out of junior, not like a NHL free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, projection signing. How many times they've done that, and how many times they've hit? Tyler Johnson was not a signed player. Alex Kalorn was a fourth-rounder. Braden Point was a third-rounder. Yanni Gord was unsigned. Um, trying to think who else up oh, front. Named uh, Kucherov was a second-rounder. Yep. Um, Palat was a seventh-rounder. Like, that's five forwards. Take away uh, Kucherov, but that's five forwards that were drafted from the third round or later or weren't drafted. Or weren't even drafted, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, they've done an amazing job. That's their their junior scouts. Their amateur scout is headed by Al Murray, mm-hmm. um, who is a, 
you know, a long-time scout, very, very well-respected. And um, they keep putting in low-cost players to help balance out the really high-cost guys. Because they're going to, there'll be a day of reckoning in Tampa. They're going to have to trade some people, too. Yeah. Um, and it might be this summer. But as of right now, man, they're, they're the best team in the league by 10 points. I always, you know, Babcock was talking the other day about got to be heavy hockey and I don't exactly know what heavy hockey is to to Mike Babcock, you know what I mean? But I think of Tampa, and they're smaller, they're fast, they're skillful. Like I'm like that's how you play the game to me, Calgary. You yeah. Know? Okay. So here's here's what tell, really tell I me. Babcock's talking about. Yep. Heavy heavy hockey is um, you don't try and score, or well, you try and score all the time, but <laughs> your all of your offense doesn't come off the rush. It comes off of cycles where you can wear a team down, where you can hold them in their zone, where you don't have to defend in your defensive zone. You know, strong on the puck, so mm-hmm. if there's a 50-50 puck battle, your guy wins it and it goes back behind the net. And you cycle it again and you work it down low. Then you, you know, you, for example, their top line might be on the ice. They waste a whole shift trying to get the puck out of their zone. Then they got to change. That's heavy hockey. It's not a bunch of 220-pounders. Those days are gone. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. You're wearing them down. You're, you're putting them to work. You're, you're controlling the you're puck. That kind your of speed yep. Yep. and your strength to make them work without the puck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, on the flip side, you want to talk about the Oilers? I thought Hitch... I thought Hitch was going to work, and, and he may still. You know, it's 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 still. We don't have a judgment yet. They certainly played better when he first got behind the bench. We've talked about it on the show. We had Ryan Rashog on, uh, but they're two and eight in their last ten. They did just beat the Ducks the other night, but um, it's not good right now. Again, well, I I often wonder what people think a coach can do. He can't play. Yeah, but Hitch. You know, Todd McClellan's a good okay. coach. I know. You know, Hitch isn't going to go out there and give them depth scoring. They still don't have it. It's McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Chase on, and oh boy, I hope somebody else. <laughs> like that. That's kind of how it goes. Look at their last three games. They stunk. They were terrible in L.A. They yep. were unreal the next night in Anaheim. They were terrible in San Jose. Yeah. That's their last three games. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you you said about about Hitch here. So Todd McClellan was 8-2-1 and one when they started the year. Then they went 6-7 six and six and like 6-7 and something or other, and mm-hmm. he got fired. Right? They had a yeah. losing streak. Yeah. Uh, 1-6-7, and seven, and he got fired. Then they went 8-2-1 and one under Hitch. Then they went 2-9-1 and one, or 3-9-1 and one since then. Yeah. Like, they don't. They're not good enough to sustain long periods of good play. Um, that's more on the manager than the coach. They're they're a team that's going to fight for a playoff spot, and that's because the West has got some teams that aren't exactly piling up points. You know, you get down into the wild card, Colorado, who's stumbled all over the place mm-hmm. now. You know, they got 48, Minnesota's got 45, Anaheim's got 45, Vancouver's got 44, somehow, Edmonton's got 43. So, Colorado, Minnesota, Anaheim, Vancouver, Edmonton. Those five teams, two of them are going to get in. Yep. Edmonton can do it, sure. Sure. But Um, they're, they're they're just not a great team. 
Yeah, you've been on that, right? That's that's been your message, you know, like <laughs> the whole year. The off, no matter if they were eight and two with McClellan or two and eight or whatever, <laughs> you've been like they don't have depth. They don't have it. This- they, and the problem is, if you're looking at a ten game segment, then guys can get hot. Your goalie can get hot. Guys mm-hmm. can be healthy. Over the course of a season, you need other people to score and to play well, and your goalie to steal a game. Like, you need those things to happen. And it doesn't happen frequently enough for, for Edmonton. You saw the uh, the hit on Connor McDavid from Hampus Lindholm the other night with the referee looking right at it? Yep. Yeah, oh yeah. And? <laughs> well, it, here's the thing. It doesn't matter that it was Lindholm on McDavid or if it was McDavid on Lindholm. That's got to be a penalty every time. I agree. I yeah. just I don't understand why it's not especially because that's not a player you know, going down the boards and turning his back. McDavid was skating straight into the puck, mm-hmm. and he got shoved from behind. Like, that, that just can't, it just can't be. And um, one thing I will say is that, that people might not know is the officials are constantly being reviewed and um, their performance is rated. Um, they get clips sent to their computers every day of calls made both good and bad of the previous night's games. It might be three or four of them, mm-hmm. but they get them all the time. You can, I would hope that call would be on there. Um, is there any anything you can see from the other side as to why it wouldn't have been? If you if you watch it and slow it down and look at it as a guy that played the game, as a guy that knows the tough job the referees have, what would he be thinking? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Like, like honestly, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it it was clearly a penalty. It. I mean, it was, to me, it was pretty obvious. It was one of those plays that I sat up, like as it happened, and went, "Oh." Right. You know, like it, it made me mm-hmm. nervous. So I don't. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I didn't like the play at all. I was watching it, going, "What am I missing? What am I missing here?" Watched his, I watched McDavid skates. The thing was a whistle and a penalty. Yeah, crazy, right? Um, let's talk about the Leafs, my Leafs. William Nylander got his first a few games ago. Uh, hasn't been working out. Um, they haven't played that well. Shut up by Nashville the other night. I missed that game, though, damn it. Wasn't able to watch it, but uh, didn't miss much. They weren't great. Yeah, what's your take on them? Um... I, uh, on Nylander or the and well, team? Or yeah, Nylander and the team. Like, are, are you coming well, around on I, Nylander I mean, as one, far as... Yeah, one is the same, really. Yeah. Like, you know, they're early in the year, it didn't matter that, they, that Nylander wasn't there. They were just steamrolling everybody. And for the most part, it's been like that. Mm-hmm. They've, um, you know, they've been better than most of the teams they play. Um, and so even when they don't play well, they win anyway. Well, now they've run into a, a couple of roadblocks, their power play has been really, really stinky. Um, they don't have a power play goal in January. I think they're, I want to say they're, oh, something like two for their last 45. You know, like something mm-hmm. really, you know, oh, five for 43. They're five for 43. They don't have a power play goal in 10 of their last 12 games. So, they're going to make some changes tomorrow. They're going to move Matthews onto a unit with Nylander, mm-hmm. kind of kind of like last year. But they look like they've lost the edge a little bit. Now, they don't have either goalie, which doesn't help. No, it isn't great. 
But they didn't lose against Nashville because of the goalie. They lost because they didn't play very well. Um, they lost because their depth of scoring is kind of dried up a little bit, and that's going to happen over over a season, right? It's just yeah, it's natural, right? It's not, yeah. not going to be great all the time. Um, Kadri's got two goals in his last twenty four games, and so add that stuff together, and you got a team that's not playing to its strengths, which is quickness and speed mm-hmm. and offense, and they kind of muddle around a little bit, and they're not. They're not going to win games because they're so great defensively. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't happen. That's not a that's not a calling card. No, not 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 great. Right, them. right. But I you know, I I look. They you know they've been shut out two of their last three at home. Mm-hmm. Um, they lose to Minnesota and to Nashville, and they beat Vancouver. And that's that's a team that's really kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. Now they're going to play Jersey tomorrow, and Jersey. Got their teeth kicked in yesterday in Buffalo. Uh, they lost 5-1, gave up five goals in the second period. So maybe Toronto will be a little quicker than Jersey. Maybe they'll be a little more hungry. Maybe Jersey's a wounded team a little bit. So, you know, if you're a Leafs fan, you would look at tomorrow's game and say, even though it's on the road, mm-hmm. that's one that, that we can play well in. Well, they've handled Jersey the two times they've played them so far this year. So... You, you know, you like Which the matchup. Nothing tomorrow, <laughs> right? I mean, look, yeah. it's no secret the Leafs are a better team. Yeah, but it means nothing tomorrow. They, Jersey doesn't have Taylor Hall tomorrow, but they might come out and play a great game, mm-hmm. right? You don't right. know. Toronto can only worry about how they're going to play. Absolutely. Um, who's next f- goaltender for Flyers? Who's up next? They tied an NHL record for most goalies yeah, I used. I don't know that there is anymore. <laughs> I mean, they got seven of them going right now. That's. Hell, that was more than we had with the Thrashers. And if you're if you're doing that, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, there's nothing nothing very good. Yeah, it's crazy that. Um, yeah, it's just I. You just Carter Hart hasn't been. He's been good, right? He's been okay. He's had some moments. He got pulled. He's done just fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah, but you know, um, but they're they're a mess. Yeah, like the Flyers are a mess. Yeah, yeah. and. Um, you know, Chuck Fletcher's been in charge for, I guess, close to a month now. And so in that time, I, you know, he's been evaluating what the Flyers are, been evaluating and learning about their prospects, learning about what uh, they have in the system, um, you know, talking to their scouts to see what they think, mm-hmm. uh, trying to put together a plan that, will help move a team forward that many thought were going to be better than this. So, hasn't been active yet. Yep. I think he will become pretty active. Yeah, at some point. There's much question. Yep, at some point you just got to be like, well, this isn't it. Who, who can we sell off? Well, who, well, who, who like can we Wayne move? Simmons yeah. is unrestricted free yep. agent. There's going to be teams knocking on the door with really attractive offers for a player like Simmons. Mm-hmm. But he's got to decide, does he want to get in a little deeper into the roster? Right. And you know, does he does he completely blow it up? Does he um, does he continue a lot of what Ron Hextall had started to build with maybe a couple of you know deletions and additions? What what do you do if it's you looking at that roster? Older guys uh, that are obviously still skilled and still playing well, but team's well, terrible. They just signed JVR. He's got four years left on his deal. Mm-hmm. You've got Giroux. I think he's got about five. Um, 
So I want to build some younger players around guys like that. I probably would move Simmons, even though I'm a really big fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would look at the depth of my team and evaluate whether the guys I've got are okay or whether they have to move them out. What I really want to know, though, is why have my young defensemen gone backwards this year? Gostas Bear, Provorov, mm-hmm. Sanheim. Like, why are they going backwards? And then the last piece is the goaltending. Right. You know, you, you, Carter Hart is <clears throat> is your goalie of the future, but who can you pair him with? Because neither Neuvers nor Elliott seem to be able to stay healthy for very long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of talk about signing Bobrovsky back, but why would you do that? It's a big money long term. You got this Carter Hart kid. I mean, you just you almost need like a stopgap yeah, a little bit. Doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, not not now for Philadelphia. Right. Um, so like I mentioned off the top of the show, it's like the half point for many teams. Do you want to do the halfway trophies? You didn't seem very excited about this idea that I had. I don't like doing end of the year predictions. <laughs> trophies, right. So, oh yeah, but whatever. Okay. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, Hart Trophy. Uh, obviously Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Kucherov, uh, Tavares, Marner, Matthews, those type of guys. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right, sorry. Stop it, um, McDavid. We will, not, we will not do this if this is your Leaf fanboy crap. Hey, listen, I might have a guy for the Norris though. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's all right. Fine. Okay. All right. Good. But yeah. Are you? Are you? You weren't serious about any no, of those three Leafs. I was not serious. No, I was not. Um, okay. Good. Because otherwise, we've ground this to a standstill. <laughs> otherwise, it's, you're hanging up. No, but like yeah, uh, I, w- I would say. Uh, if I were to vote right now, Nikita Kucherov would get my vote. Yep, leads the league in scoring. He's had a had an amazing, amazing season. Um, Johnny Goodrow would come second for me. Uh, right now, he's. I mean, he, it seems like he gets two points every game. Mm-hmm. I think he had uh, eleven points in four games last week. He scored two goals in their last game in Chicago. You know, he just ripping it up. Yep. Nate McKinnon would be another guy that would be up there for me. And it's not always just about points, but, you know, McKinnon's had just an outstanding season. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? You know, McDavid. I mean, McDavid, I, I always, yeah, yeah. I would always consider because as bad as the oil is, if he's not there, I can't even possibly imagine. Are you... Uh, are I would you, say those would be yeah. about... Those would be my, my top end guys. I mean, Ovi even, right? If the Caps keep rolling, win the division and everything? Yeah, yeah. no, nah, he, he wouldn't be in there for me. Okay. Like, I, I would have guys like, like right now I would have, um, I would probably have Blake Wheeler in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cros- you know, Crosby is a, Crosby's an underrated choice, I would say. He's been, the last six or eight weeks, he's been yeah. outstanding for a team that's not been very good. But I... I I mean, Obi's thirty goals is something you got to look at, but yeah. I don't. I don't think I would have him in he's, my group. He slowed down a bit from like a couple weeks ago. He's he's on a little bit less of a of a pace. Ah, interesting. So, where do you stand on uh, like an MVP heart guy and a team doesn't make the playoffs? What's your? Do you have? Do you have any? Wait, you are yeah, a voter. You're a voter, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a voter. Yeah. Right. So, where do you stand it, on it's that? Not a hard no, but. It would have to be such a an outstanding or outlier of a season for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be 
an incredible or an incredibly valuable player to a team that misses the playoffs. Um, but by definition, that shouldn't disclude you. Um, you know, it's the yeah. player that is most valuable to his team. It doesn't say most valuable to his team that makes the playoffs. But there's always a feel for me that that team probably has to be in the playoffs. Again, unless, like I almost voted for McDavid to win last year. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, he had an amazing year. He was in my top three last year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I just, I don't think it matters if you are just play an amazing year. You have an amazing year. So, but it would be hard to vote him ahead of Kucherov or mm-hmm. McKinnon or Goudreau right now, and and that's not even talking about Miko Rantanen. Yep. You know, those are all players that, you know, you can, you can look at and go, oh, they're having an amazing year, and their teams are in the playoffs, and McDavid isn't. Now we got 40 games left. And maybe McDavid will make this a moot point. Um, yeah, maybe right. The uh, Kucherov last year, not even nominated, wins the Art Ross. Um, if he has to get in a finalist this year, has to. Or I'd be if I'm him. I'm wondering what the hell's well, going on. He's, you know, I mean, it's just been you know, it's 71 points in 43. Mm-hmm. He's just had an amazing season. Um, all right, let's go Norris. Brent Burns has been on fire lately, playing well. You mentioned Eric Carlson is starting to regain his form. Giordano's having a terrific year. He's plus 30. Uh, Morgan Riley, Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, those would be some of the guys off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I, those those four probably are are it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've been, all of them have had just amazing seasons. Uh, I I would say you probably got to put John Carlson in the conversation as well. Okay, um, he's right right up there near the top in points. Um, you know, if you like plus minus, he's at twenty two. Um, you know, so it's not like he's just put up points and not yeah, you know, and not done his job at the other end of the ice. He's I I don't think I don't think there's anybody maybe Latang that plays more minutes than him. Like he's over twenty five minutes a game. Mm-hmm. That's you know that to me is a you know that that's yep. kind of a Norris Trophy winner. You know that type of season. Right now, though, I I, I would vote for uh, Carlson and Giordano at the top of my uh, top of my list right now. Because mm-hmm. Morgan Riley's got thirteen. Or, goals I'm sorry, there. Riley uh, oh. Riley and Giordano at the top of my list. Relax on your leaf stuff for the <laughs> love of God. Hey, he's only got four penalty minutes. Uh, Lady Bing? Could I hear a Lady Bing? He uh, could be. <laughs> maybe, right? No, but seriously, he yeah, could be. Yeah, yeah. And that's because also here, he is to play that position and not get a half a dozen tripping penalties means that you're in the right spot, means mm-hmm. that you can skate and defend. Because he's playing, you know, he's playing against top players all the time, too. It's not like he's being hidden. So, yes, he would be one of the guys I would look um, at the top of the Lady Bing stuff. But Giordano, Riley, yep. Carlson. Burns. Burns, Eric Carlson. Like, yeah. The, the top five point getters on D, are, and it's not just an offensive award. It's, it really shouldn't be. But they would be the ones that would gain the most of 
of my voting uh, focus right now. Yeah, it's the days of Rod Langway winning this thing are, are long gone, you know. Yeah, just... I, don't, I don't, I mean, I don't even see anybody that would be in the conversation for that. Right. Vesna? Huh. Who do we like for the Vesna? Well, Vasilevsky. Vesna is yeah. a tough one, uh, I find, um, because there's, there's, um, You've got to, you've got to find like who's the best goaltender. What does this team do? How do they, um, you know, yep. how do they play around them? How much of the, how much of the team is, you know, is him? Um, you know, certain, certainly Freddie Anderson would be in consideration. Um, you know, how mm-hmm. how could he not be with? Because he masks a lot of the deficiencies that the Leafs have on the blue line. Andre Vasilevsky, 100%, um, would be in that. Um, By the end of the year, um, you know, maybe Matt Murray works his way back into it. He's won eight straight games. Mm. Uh, Pekka Rene, also very good numbers, 921. But I wouldn't wouldn't have, I was just going to say, I wouldn't Mm. have Murray in there right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Rene is, you know, at his... It's not even at his age, but I mean, man, his numbers are mm-hmm. so steady year to year to year. Um, you know who was surprising when I you know what John Gibson oh, yeah. would be another guy. Yeah, um, their team has been so bad, and John Gibson has been so good. Yeah. Um you know I, I, he's played more minutes than anybody. Is you know is in the nine twenties for save percentage. Yep. He would be one of my finalists for sure. Yeah, it was, looks at you know who had a surprising season going when I pulled some stats up and was taking a look at this for for this show was uh, Ben Bishop. Ben Bishop is nine twenty three, two thirty six uh, goals against average. Um, you know Dallas isn't having a great year, but I didn't think he was playing. You know I didn't. I don't know. I guess I don't watch enough Dallas. Yeah, I, I would say those numbers surprise me. Right. Yeah. You know, like um, absolutely they would, but I. For me, he wouldn't be in the in the category of Gibson, Anderson, Vasilevsky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, not not for me. Right. Right. Uh, there's also an interesting thing going on in Boston with their goaltending. I want to see what happens there. Who grabs that and goes with it? You know, Halak had a nice year. Um, he has, yep. but pretty quietly. Um, you know, Tuka Rask is back to 920. Mm-hmm. You know, he went through a real dip there, and then he left. They sent him, you know, had a couple of days where he went for personal leave. Yep. Nobody ever really knows what that means, but he came back and has been a different guy since he's returned. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. The Leafs and Bruins are playing Saturday, so big game. Yeah, they're also playing in the playoffs again, too. <sighs> I know. Don't don't please don't remind me, please. Um Calder Trophy, just uh send it over to Vancouver. Oh my god, this is a lap. <laughs> Of the field, <laughs> it doesn't even matter what anybody else. Okay, does. but what about games played? Like, what if he start? He's missed a couple t- stints now. I mean, how low can he get and still? Elias Pettersson is talking about everybody, by the way. Um, how low can he get and still take this thing home? Sixty games. Okay, all right. Like uh, he's so far out in front. Yep. I mean, the other guys are having really good rookie seasons. Brady Kachuk's doing a doing a really nice job in Ottawa, right? Like doing a really good job, but they're not, they're not even in the ballpark of what Pedersen has done. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. He's, he's something else, man. 
Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to that. We got some Twitter questions for you. We got Ray Ferraro game of the day coming up as well uh, here on the show. PaulPocky.com always uh, send us questions at PaulPocky. Don't send them to Ray. He's way too busy uh, and way too many followers and way too many people are chirping him for him to go through and actually pull the legitimate questions out, right? Well, I'm, I'm not going to answer them because so, I save them for here anyway. So just send them and, right. you know. You'll, you'll, you'll get through them. Uh, D. Machetto says uh, he loves the show. What do you think of teams intentionally tanking to improve their draft position? Um, obviously, there's a lottery now, so, but, but what yeah, about. Well, I, I think you've got to understand the lottery to, you know, you're, you're basically teams that tank. Um, you want to get near the bottom, mm-hmm. close to the bottom, just to upgrade your odds because. You don't. I think that if you finish dead last, you have an eighteen percent chance of getting the first something like pick. that. Yep, yep. You know, so you're it, there's no guarantee to it. What what has been shown though, year after year after year, the very best players for the most part, they all come from the top of the first round. Mm-hmm. Sure, there's a Kucherov that's in the second round, um, but go through what are you know the leading scores in the league, the most valuable players in the league. And generally, they're up near the top. So, if you're if you're stuck in the mud, um, you probably got to accumulate as many top draft picks yeah. as you can. The problem with it is it takes time. You can't get five of those draft picks in two years. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're not going to make enough trades to get enough of the other teams that suck. Yeah, this isn't uh, this isn't Sam Pollock back in the day, right? Yeah. You know, like you're you're you know. You know, what Steve's referring to is back in 1970, um, when Guy Lafleur was consensus number one pick, Pollock the year before traded to about four or five of the worst teams, traded veterans and another draft pick to get that their first-round pick. So he basically he locked up Guy Lafleur before anybody else really realized what the hell he was doing. Yeah, he did that for a few guys, I think, over the years. Yeah, it was, you know, now yeah. you're not going to get, you know, you know, teams I think, aren't going to do that. I think that was a Wickenheiser pick too. Was it was a trade that he made somehow down the before the rope before no, the. But the Wickenheiser pick, they ended up, they had he was long gone by that time. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I thought it was an older one. All right. Um. Well, like you know, Tim Murray a few years ago, right? Just shipping off goalies, shipping off anybody in, in, for the Sabers for the Austin Matthews uh, year draft year. And he yeah. got Jack Eichel. Right. 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 Like my point being, yep. you can tank. You can do everything you can, and you lose the game a chance, and you don't get the guy you want. Right, right. Uh, Dan Hall wants to know, what did Ray think of the uh, Pedersen incident uh, where he hurt his knee uh, with the uh, Kotke and Emmy? Kotke and Emmy. No, Kotkenemi. Kotkenemi. I suck at this. Kot. Kot. to do this. Yeah. Kot. Yep. Kot. Ken. Kot can. And the goalie for the backup. Niemi. There you go. Kotkenemi. Got it. What did you think of it? Nothing. Thought it was a hooking penalty. <laughs> the Vancouver media was very upset about it. I, I'm with you. Yeah. Right. Like I, I get it. You could be upset, but what were you gonna? What else was gonna be done? The two of them combined weighed 320 pounds. <laughs> That's a good point. Like You're right. It, it's <laughs> not like a ruffian. Yes. You know, just came up and suckered him from behind. He hooked them. They fell down. He twisted and unfortunately, a knee. Yeah. the kid hurt his knee. All right. So I don't. Now I looked at it. I had heard all this uproar. I was. Uh, I think.
think we were doing a World Junior game that night. Okay. And so I looked, you know, because I could see this on Twitter. Yep. And I'm like, oh, I got to wait after the game, got to make sure I watch it. And I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> you like that happened to me how many times when I played? Right. Yeah, like you just <laughs> didn't get hurt. And it's crappy that he got hurt, but it's it's no right. more than that. Uh, this one's a broad question. We've probably answered it before, but uh, Hunter's Helmet wants to know, uh, what was the best chirp you took on the ice or heard in the penalty box that made you laugh? God, there's been a bunch of them, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I, I would say one guy um, in Boston was was giving it to me about working for ESPN. Oh, yeah. And um, he thought he was being pretty funny, but what's the line from uh, The Untouchables? He he came to a gunfight with a knife. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> he lost. He, he yelled something to the effect of, hey, Ferraro, who's on top? You or Melrose. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he was sitting with whom I assume was his wife, and he brought it up, and it didn't go well for <laughs> it didn't, him. It didn't end well for him, right? It did not. Oh, that's, and that's when you can when you can make an entire section of people laugh, mm-hmm. you know that you've... You've won. Fantastic. Good job. Um, Brad Rempel says, um, and this goes back to the World Juniors, uh, I couldn't help but think Finland was a team of destiny at the World Juniors, much like Vegas in the NHL last year. Uh, Brad says Canada and the U.S. were better teams and deserved the win, but didn't agree or disagree. I don't know that they were better teams. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Canada, U.S., Finland, Russia, and I didn't see Sweden, but I would put them in there too. I thought they were kind of all the same this year. Yep. Like very little to choose from. Um, yeah, Finland got lucky. You bet they did when the puck bounced off the net and somehow ended up in the net. They got lucky when uh, Dob- Noah Dobson broke his stick in overtime. Yeah. But to win any tournament, you're going to be lucky. At, you know, somewhere along the line, you're. You're going to get lucky. That's just yep. just the way it is. And I wouldn't say either of those teams were so much better that they could say they got robbed. That's for sure. Uh, Dennis Malice Malice wants to know, uh, Ray, do you think during the World Juniors, the prelims seem to be officiated more towards the IIHF standards? And when the medal rounds come around, the officials seem to back off and call a more North American style of game, something I've noticed the past few years. Do you, do you agree with Dennis? Uh, I, I don't know so much. Um, I, I think they'll still call penalties in the in tournament games and IIHF games that they won't call in the NHL, and that that even is in the medal rounds. I I hear what you're saying. There's they seem to let a little bit more go if if that's exactly what you know what he's asking about. I would say there's probably a little more leeway for sure, but there will be penalties called with two and a half minutes left that you might not like, you'll go, oh, that's ticky-tacky. Yeah. But that's what gets called in a IIHF game that doesn't get called in an NHL game. And even the Olympics, I've noticed, too. Yeah. You know, they're just not scared to call almost anything. No. Well, it, those are those are all under yep. the international right. umbrella, right? Uh, how do they decide those guys? Do you know? Is there is there some sort of grading system for that? There's a rating system. There is. Okay. Um, yep. So the referees that are doing all the international games all year, the under-17s, under-18s, um, the um, the international tournaments. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a Channel One Cup. There's the um, uh, the one in uh, Davos. This is 
Oh, um, uh, uh, Spangler? The Spangler Cup. Yep. All those become rated events, and the best officials get put forward. It's a big deal to get yourself to a gold medal game. Right. Uh, actually, this is a good question by Hunter's Helmet again. What was the worst advice a veteran player gave you once you made it to the NHL? I, I don't know about the worst advice. I will say um, there were some guys that kind of went out of their way not to help you. Right. And so, um, you know, back then, though, um, you know, it wasn't uncommon to not get very much help. Right. From, and you, from the older guys. They were not... Uh, you couldn't speak you know, up they, and all that stuff. They right. weren't as... They weren't as open as as the guys are today. Mm-hmm. Well, nowadays, chances are that one of the younger guys is the best player on the team, right? Well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mike the Cobb says, "What was the first game Ray worked with Gord Miller, and what about the first game with Chris Cuthbert?" Oh gosh, Do you remember? I can't even remember. No, nope. uh, no idea. Okay, um, I've worked so many with both now, mm-hmm. and you know, oh, no idea. I, I know my first junior tournament was two thousand and eight. And that would have been the first international games I did with Gord. All right. Um, how common is it for a player's performance to be negatively impacted when his name is on the trade market? What do you think? Oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. Yep. It's hard. You're, it's impossible not to start reading stuff you shouldn't be reading. And when I say that, it's like you're reading like a guy that claims to be an insider or an insider that might have information they throw it out there, but I would, you know, to put a random number, 85% of the information that's out there doesn't come to fruition anyway. So you're worrying about stuff that's not there, and it affects it affects you for sure. Um, all right, last one. Was playing in Europe ever an option for you before you retired or when you were done? I thought I was going to play over there, mm-hmm. and... Um, then all of a sudden, I just played longer and longer and longer, and I was 38 years old when I retired, and I wasn't going to go over at that time. But I always thought I would go, and I always wanted to go. So like before Thrashers came calling, that would might, might have been something you were thinking about type deal? Well, when I got to around 30, I always had in my head that, you know, I'd, I'd like to play a couple of years in Europe. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Italy was uh, still a league that was really competitive and well-funded. And I thought, you know what, I'd like to go and – play in, you know, where my grandparents were born, yep. uh, you know, live in a country that, you know, has family ties, I, I would have I loved to have done that. And then all of a sudden, I played another nine years, and I was like, oh, <laughs> and I'm not playing anymore, I'm done. Those guys, they pretty good, I mean, some guys go over there early on, and you don't really hear from them until the Spangler Cup or something, and, you know, it's tax-free, it's apartments, it's cars, right? Like, it's a, not a There's bad deal. lots of ways to make a living in yeah. hockey. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of um, and just because they go away and we don't hear about them in the NHL doesn't mean that they've not earned uh, a real good living and they get to play for a long time. All right, uh, this day in Ray, January ninth, not a not a great day for you, Ray. I couldn't find any standout games on January ninth, um, but January ninth, nineteen ninety one, uh, you're with the New York Islanders. You're in the Montreal Forum. You guys lose four to three. Um, in overtime, Screwland scores, but you get the first goal of the game. Your ninth of the year, uh, from Derek King and Pat Flatley. You score at one forty-one of the first period. So you get a goal. Um, you lose in overtime. Your um, negative, uh, 
minus one on the night with one shot. Uh, you score that early, you think it could be a really good night. I guess not, eh? Right, right. I guess, yeah, that didn't happen. It was, it was against get Patrick Waugh. You get the early cookie, early cookie, and then uh, mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's, so that means that's 58 minutes of nothing. Yeah, and and you may not believe this, but Lyle Oderline and Mick Vakoda both got misconducts at the same time. Oh, they were probably dancing around a bit, <laughs> Two pretty tough guys. Yeah, probably not a surprise. And it was against Patrick Waugh, though, who, a guy who you had some success with. So, um January ninth, nineteen ninety one, New York Islanders. Yeah, the the early goal. Honestly, I'm just thinking about it. It's like it gives you such energy, but lots of times that's all you get. Yeah, really, right? You're just like, okay, good night. I'm in it. I'm gonna. Who knows what I can do, right? Well, there was that one we did the other day of this day in Ray, the four goal game. I think you got. Uh, maybe it wasn't the four goal game. There was a, a hat trick recently where you got them all in the first period or something. Like, it was great. Yeah, that was in Quebec. I got three deflections in the first period. Oh, was that Quebec? Okay, yeah, he killed it. Yeah. I'm almost certain it was, but, um, oh, no, 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 that wasn't. That was uh, against Jersey. I got three goals in the first period. Yeah. It was right after Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, you think it, no, uh, that's when you start thinking, hey, maybe I could get five. Sittler? Sittler's record? <laughs> uh, and I had a 2-1-1 um, right at the start of the second period. And um, so, you know, it was my night, but I missed the net, I think. Yeah. So nothing else. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Ray, you got uh, Jersey, uh, Toronto tomorrow. uh, So that'll be good. And then uh, thanks for doing this tonight. It's late where you are on the East Coast. You've been traveling all day probably. And, uh, yeah, it's good for you to step up for the Paul Pocky listeners, uh, Ray. Thanks for for digging deep. Nah, you know what? Um, No problem. I... I'm a little fatigued, I will say. The juniors was a lot, and then this flight across the country was a little bit tiring, but I will say it's going to take about 48 seconds to fall asleep. Yeah, really, right? Well, uh, there we go, everybody. Thanks for listening. Appreciate it. As always, thanks to Ray Ferraro for the show, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next week. Thanks, Ray. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week from somewhere.